This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, where in a single moment you can recognize your brilliance and change your life. This is a transformational hour that covers an array of topics that demonstrate how individuals use their native talents, as shown in their name, to look at the ordinary in extraordinary ways. Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth, creator of Namology Science and author of Know the Name, Know the Person. And in each weekly show, you'll hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in them and what they were able to accomplish. At the end of each show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. All over the world, people have many, many diverse interests. And in that vein, people have asked about different occupations and areas of life that have interested them. People want to know how highly successful people have managed to achieve their genius mindset by utilizing the gifts that are seen in their name using nameology science. So how does someone express their creative talents and how does someone share those gifts with others in such a way that all benefit? Our expert tonight is Diane DeResta, who has developed her genius in the area of being able to deliver knockout speeches. Diane is founder and CEO of DeResta Communications, a New York City consultant serving business leaders who deliver high-stakes presentations, whether one-to-one, in front of a crowd, or from an electronic platform. Diane is the author of Knockout Presentations, How to Deliver Your Message with Power, Punch, and Pizzazz, an Amazon.com category bestseller, and widely used text in college business communication courses. She has the unique ability to get to the core of the message and translate the complexity into simplicity. Diane has media-trained sports and entertainment celebrities, including the NBA, the WNBA, and USGA. Diane is past president of the New York City chapter of National Speakers Association and former media trainer for the NBA and WNBA. Diane is a certified speaking professional, a designation held by less than 12% of speakers nationwide. And her blog, Knockout Presentations, made the top 50 public speaking blogs. Names indicate our major lessons in life, which come in one of three packages, health, relationships, or uh, finances. And in Diane's name, she says that she's chosen to learn her major lessons through relationships and to major in family relationships, whereas the bad and the good all come from the family. It's highly important for Diane, according to her name, to feel included by others. And also, she wants to assist in creating a better world. Her name also indicates that she has a very generous heart besides just wanting to make the world better for everyone, and she has a very good memory. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show, Diane. Well, thank you, Sharon, Sharon, and what a great introduction. I will uh, agree that my long-term memory is really good. The short-term is not what it used to be, (laughs) but that was really accurate. Thank you. Yes. Well, we see so much in a name, and so I'm just delighted to have you on the show. How did you discover your gifts initially? How did you know this is what you wanted to do, to speak? Uh, I didn't. I originally was going to be an English teacher in in high school. English was my favorite subject, and yet uh, there there were no jobs at the time. And after I took my first required speech course, I heard about the field of speech pathology, and it interested me, and I started down that route. And I actually was not speaking at that time. I was working with children who had speech and language disorders. 
And then I started um, I started to volunteer to do teacher in, inside trainings and realized I liked speaking. So to fast forward, once I left and went to corporate training and then went out on my own, I started to get involved in speaking, giving seminars and coaching. And I joined National Speakers Association. That's when I really got involved in speaking. So... The number one people have for so many studies and books is the fear of speaking. And yet you're an mm -hmm. expert in delivering knockout speeches. Were you ever afraid of speaking in front of crowds? And if so, how well, did you overcome this fear? It's interesting you say that because the first cl class that I took my first freshman year in college, I got closed out of everything and I needed one more three credit course and it was public speaking. I didn't care. I was just so glad to be a full-time student. But when I, it was my turn to give my first introductory speech, I started to feel more and more nervous. And all of a sudden I heard this whisper in the back of the room and the, the woman said, look, her shoulders are shaking. And I wanted to dive under the table at that point, never come back. But I did. And I, I got a B in the course, so I was not a standout. But what I realized today, what I realized now that I didn't know then is that gifted speakers are born, but effective speakers are made. So yes, I was nervous, but with a lot of practice, I became very good at it. And honestly, now I am not nervous as a speaker. I'm very confident. That doesn't mean I won't get nervous if the stakes are really high. So what I would want the, the listeners to realize tonight is that everything is contextual and situational. That means that... Okay, hold that thought. Can... Contextual and relationship. We're going to hold mm -hmm. that thought. We need to take a break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which can also be heard on knowthename.com. After the break, we'll find out more about Diane and what it takes to create a knockout presentation. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? 
wire crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Diane DeResta, author of Knockout Presentations, How to Deliver Your Message with Power, Punch, and Pizzazz, and she can be reached via her website at deresta.com. That's D, like in David, I-R-E-S-T-A.com. Okay, Diane, right before the break, you were talking to us about the difference between being a gifted speaker and an effective speaker. Would you mind finishing your thought? Sure. So, yes, some people are born with a gift, but I really believe and I know from my work with people that anybody can be effective in delivering a message. And everybody gets nervous, and I get nervous sometimes, too, if the stakes are really high, because it has to do with the situation or the context. So here's how you get over the nervousness. Two things. It's mindset and skill set. And the first thing is mindset. So when I work with people, we work on what are the limiting beliefs? What are you seeing in front of you? What are you hearing? What are you believing about yourself and the audience? And here's what most people do. They give the audience too much power. Realize that the audience is on your side. And when you're really nervous, you're being self-centered because it's all about me, myself, and I. So get over yourself. It's not about you. It's about the audience. So the first thing is changing a perspective. The second thing is the skill set. The more you know what confidence looks like, sounds like, and how to speak the language of confidence, the more confident you'll be. So when I work with people, we start at every level. We look at the visual. What, what do you do with your hands? How do you make uh, an eye connection? We work with voice. How do you project? How do you pause? And we listen to the words that you use. Are they impactful or are they disempowering? And then when people understand that there is a skill set to speaking, then they become more confident because they know what to do. Wow. I bet everybody would have wanted to know that before they ever had to take that very first speech class yeah. of theirs. Yeah. And I didn't know it. I, I learned the hard way. See the pants. So that's what I put in my book. When I wrote Knockout Presentations, I wrote it as a seminar in a book. So it's the next best thing to having me. So if you can't, be live in a seminar or a, a talk, you can read the book and there are exercises and the skills are broken down and there are checklists and do's and don'ts and templates for organizing your thoughts. So there are solid skills to be learned and then it takes a lot of practice. So it's whether you're playing an instrument or learning to ride a bike or drive a car, it takes time. And the more you do it, the more skilled you become. So you took this speech class and you started giving speeches. How did you get started in the business of helping others give speeches? When did you realize that you had that gift and talent that you could help others? 
Well, it started with speech pathology in children, but I was actually working with children who had delayed language, who stuttered, who were unintelligible. And then after about eight and a half years, I went to a a small consulting firm and I learned stand-up training. And then I went to Solomon Brothers and I was doing management training. And then I was at Drexel Burnham. And then I left the corporate world and went off on my own because I realized I enjoyed training and it evolved from there. I continued to develop my skills and I realized that I have a gift for understanding what people need and for seeing people's uniqueness and for inspiring and giving people the confidence they need to take those next steps. And one of the ways I do it is by breaking things down into smaller steps that people can manage. And so most speeches, do they have a set number of smaller speeches? I mean, is there kind of like a formula that you come up with that you start with a joke or you, you know, you start a certain way or you have the middle a certain way and the end a certain way? Or is it more free flowing depending on the person? I I meet people where they are, Sharon. So it depends on what the nature of the talk is and, and the audience. But I do have an approach, which I call listener-centered communication, and that's a whole chapter in the book. And the reason I devote so much time to it is most people are speaker-centered and they're not listener-centered. So speaker-centered sounds like this. Today I want to talk to you about, well, that's all about you. What listener-centered communication does is it focuses on the listener in terms of what's important to them. So I spend time really digging to find what is that hook, what is the hot button, or what is the thing that's going to get that person or that group nodding in agreement and leading with that. And when you get that hook or that benefit statement and they it resonates with them, then the rest is easier. So what you're doing is you're leading them down a the path. It makes you more impactful. It makes you more influential. When I coach people, it really depends on what they need. And I don't like to be formulaic. In other words, I don't think you should start with a joke. Most people can't tell jokes. However, humor is a great thing. What's most important is engagement and interaction with the audience as opposed to being a talking head. So we work on skills like that so that you start to have a relationship and a connection with the audience because it really is about relationship more than anything else. What every audience is – go ahead – No, go ahead and finish. What every audience is thinking on a subliminal level are three things. One is, who are you? And the, the thinking is, who are you as a person? Are you friend or foe? Do I like you? Can I trust you? So that's the personal piece. The second thing they're thinking is, who are you to tell me? Meaning, how have you earned the right to be here today? And that's your, your subject matter expert. What are your credentials? And the third thing they're thinking is, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me? Okay, I like you. You have the goods. You, you have the credibility. But why should I sit here for the next 30 minutes? What am I going to get out of that? So whenever you can address those questions up front, you will have an engaged audience. And one of the things that you can do is to embed question two in your introduction. I'm working with someone now who's an investor, an angel investor and a lawyer. And when she first started her talk, it was very heavy on her introduction. And I said, this is too much about you. You need to get into this right away. You can take a lot of those credentials and put it in your introduction so people know that you have that credibility. So it's those three things that are really top of mind for an audience. Sometimes it's conscious and sometimes it's not, but they're, they're thinking that. Okay. So a lot of people may want to be a speaker, but in able mm-hmm. to be a speaker in front of others, you have to be able to find an audience. So how did you begin with finding your audiences? The easiest way to be a speaker is to sign up with a company that has programs and sends out speakers. So I started with things like American Management Association and seminar companies because you're learning their programs and they they do the marketing and they send you out. So that is the easiest way to get started. Then from there, what I did is I started to develop my own programs and products. And I had one consulting assignment and then that led to another and that led to another. 
So that's the easiest way to get started. I would recommend in terms of your skills, join Toastmasters. It's a great way to get your confidence and to have an ongoing experience and practice. Now, for people that don't know, Toastmasters is a group of people that all want to be speakers, and they practice speaking to one another, and then they get feedback from everybody. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. It's Toastmasters.org, all one word. It's all over the world. Google it, and you'll find some place in your community that has a group. So I highly recommend it. And professional speakers often belong to it, too, to hone their skills. What were your so stumbling that's, blocks? That's a along? starting point. You know, everybody has stumbling blocks along the way. What were yours and how did you overcome them? As a speaker? As a speaker and getting started in business and making clear what you wanted. You know, because sometimes we'll start down a road and we'll say, this is what we think we want. And we go down that road and then sometimes we go, ah, I don't know if I'm good enough at this, even though I want it. You know, and, and so sometimes we try to second guess ourselves. I mean, like everybody has stumbling blocks somewhere along the line. Well, the stumbling blocks would first be lack of experience. I jumped in not knowing what I was doing, and here I am, X number, I'll say 20 plus years later. <laughs> and uh, and I, so stumbling blocks were lack of experience and the lack of confidence. I would put it into those two categories. And the confidence comes with the experience with surrounding yourself with positive people who encourage you because even today when you try to go to a new level there are those doubting voices in your head so surround yourself with people who can support you and encourage you to move forward you need to be a lifelong learner Sharon as you well know you can't sit back and say I've made it it, it doesn't happen and Right now, the market is so different from when I started over 20 years ago, and you need to learn how to navigate that and to continually fine-tune your skills and, and learn more and be more and reach out. Networking was also a stumbling block. I didn't realize how important that was, that it's more about your relationships than anything else. And the speaking and coaching business are relationship businesses and they're marketing businesses. So what often happens is you like doing the work and because I came from a quote teaching education background, that's what I like to do. And it took me a long time to realize that I'm in sales. I'm in a marketing business and the rest is how I deliver that. So that was a, a stumbling block for a long time. I think that's something that everybody finally gets to learn along the way. Because if not, mm -hmm. you can be honest at what you do, but if you can't market it, it's like, what good is it? That's exactly I, right. And <laughs> I was going to say, you have a quote from your book, um, The Knockout Presentations, How to Deliver Your your Message with Power, Punch, and Pizzazz. I love your title. Um, Thank you. And, and it's, your quote says, life is a presentation. The ability to present one's ideas quickly and efficiently is a significant resource in today's business world. Would you please expand on that quote as to why you feel that life is a presentation and how important it is to convey one's ideas quickly and succinctly? Well, because most people think that public speaking is standing up in a formal situation and on a stage or a platform in front of a large group, and it's not. And when people say to me, well, I don't do public speaking, I ask them, do you leave voicemails? Well, that's a presentation. Whether you, someone calls you back depends on the quality of that voicemail. And I'll say, do you give updates at meetings? Well, yes. Well, that's a presentation. So if you want to influence or if you want people to remember what you said or to have credibility, you need presentation skills. And today, I say more than ever before, speaking is the new competitive advantage because we everything has become so commoditized that it's just a matter of time be, before someone can do what you do, even if you are the first. And so what separates you from everybody else is your presentation. It's that connection and relationship. It's the ability to inspire trust and to present your message, your value, and yourself to the market and to the audience. So it is a critical skill. You can't be without this anymore. You know, when I lived in Japan, it seemed like they took apart the neighbor's lawnmower and then they put it together better and pretty soon they were building lawnmowers. And so when you mm -hmm. just said... You know, even if you're the first, somebody else can come along and then do it better. 
it's like America is known for its originality. And that mm-hmm. is really sharp to know. So we all need to keep learning because you're right. Somebody could take it and come along and do it better. We need to take another break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. This show is dedicated to sharing how to present yourself with power, punch, and pizzazz. After the break, we'll find out some of the different ways that Diane DeResta has assisted people. Her website is DeResta.com. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder, Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, StarwalkerVisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Welcome. 
Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Diane DeResta, author of Knockout Presentations, How to Deliver Your Message with Power, Punch, and Pizzazz. And she can be reached via her website, DeResta.com. That's spelled D as in dog or David, I-R-E-S-T-A.com. Diane, you speak on your website. You give a lot of information on that. And one of the things you address is the 4M Masterful Communication Systems. So would you please explain why we would want to use that and what that well, it's is? The way that, sure. It's the way that I work with people. It's an approach. And the 4M stand for the message, the messenger, the method, and the mindset. So I start with mindset because that drives everything. You're not going to be effective if you are feeling that you're less than or you can't do it. So we work on mindset. We also work on the method that that's determined based on what you're trying to achieve. So we're very focused on setting the goals and the outcomes that you desire so that we are on track. And then we have you as the messenger. So who are you as a package of skills? Who, how do you want to be perceived? Uh, how are you coming across? How, how can you be authentic? What is the authentic you and how do we know when we capture it? That's why I work with videotape. And the last part is the message, which is the content. And being really clear about what it is that you're trying to convey. And here's a tip for your listeners. A lot of times people lack focus and they go all over the place. So the way to get laser-like focus in your message right from the beginning is to fill in this, com- this sentence completion. At the end of my presentation, the audience will blank. The answer to that is your outcome. At the end of my presentation, the audience will understand mnemology. At the end of my presentation, the audience will decide to buy my service. When you start there and you're really clear, then when you start to craft and, deliver and, and organize your talk, it's going to lead you to that outcome. It will keep you focused. Can you so give us an really example? Yeah, I love those four steps. It makes it very clear and concrete. Can you give us an example of a situation where the 4M Masterful Communication Systems save the day or save someone's career? Well, I can give you lots of success stories. I'll talk about a CEO that I worked with. I was coaching him for a period of time, and he had a very high-stakes presentation. He wanted to convince the executive committee to build a vaccine facility in France, where the parent company was, for $300 million. There would be no guarantee of success, and then there'd be three years of clinical trials after that. I worked with him. He was able to influence them and get their approval, and that vaccine facility turned into a $1 billion success. So there is a real return on investment or ROI in speaking when you do it well. It's not always a dollar amount like that, but there is always a return on investment, whether it's your brand reputation, your credibility, your relationships, making a sale. So that was a major success that I can tell you that was tangible. A lot of times I get called in by corporations in the area of executive presence. At some point, a leader plateaus, and they either don't look sound or act the part of a leader, so they can't get to the next level. So that's where I come in, and I can tell you about a recent person. He was a new chief financial officer, very good in his work, but he was not embodying the role in his communication. And what that meant was when he would talk to the partners, he was in the weeds. He was giving all the details and mentioning all the numbers. And that's not what a CFO does. They're supposed to explain the numbers and present the vision. And so he was too verbose. He couldn't get to the point. He was talking too quickly and it made him seem nervous. And so I worked with him in a coaching capacity and he was able to then overcome that and speak at a higher level. How do I know? Because I asked the, his boss, the partner, and he said, yes, he was very effective. He's speaking, he's getting to the point, he's slowing down. So those things can make or break a career. It's all about your reputation. So people don't connect the dots that your speaking 
is your ability to control and manage your brand and your reputation. And how much is that worth? (laughs) So even in an interview, a lot of times I'll work with transitioning executives and they have a hard time with, we'll call it the elevator pitch. Tell me about yourself. And what they tend to do is go through their resume. The recruiter has the resume. What you want to do is take control and say, here's who I am. Here are the three things that you really need to know about me. And when you lead that way, you've taken control of the interview and you're managing perception. So these are really powerful skills. Everybody needs to have them. You know, it sounds like every teacher, when they're going through teacher training schools, would benefit from having this, especially if you're getting up in front of that classroom with all the kids with so much entertainment and everything out there to be able to speak so clearly and keep their students engaged. Yeah, it's a challenge because now with television, it's so much more entertaining, the education on TV than it is in the classroom. And that's, that's all going to change. You can see that the trend's already happening. But, uh, yeah, even younger people, I, I volunteer in my community. I shouldn't say volunteer. I charged a small amount. But I created a confidence class for seventh-grade girls at the request of a parent in the neighborhood. And I ran that class three times. And these young girls really did extremely well when they knew the skills because they don't really teach this in most schools. They're not really prepared to be able to present themselves. So do you have that as an upcoming book so that that could be duplicated in different schools, how to teach the confidence class to middle schoolers? I don't because I've, I've decided to be very targeted. So my sweet spot is the C-suite senior executives. That's where I focus. And my, my book though can be used in high schools and it has been used as a college text. And I once asked, I found out somebody from the University of Delaware was using it. So I found out who she was. I called her up and I said, well, tell me, how did you find my book? And she said, well, I did a search on Amazon and yours by far was a standout. So we use it now in our colleges. So this book has been used by students and it's been used by CEOs. So it's a very comprehensive easy to read, evergreen kind of book. Somebody called it the Bible of speaking. And I'd say that's pretty accurate. Well, in your book, you have a quote that says, to be a leader without influence, you have to be a knockout presenter. And while gifted speakers are born, effective speakers are made. What does it take to become an effective speaker? What are they doing that regular speakers are not? What's the difference? How can you tell? They're working at it. They're practicing and they're doing it more often. It's very hard if you rarely give presentations to get good at it. And that's why I said earlier, join Toastmasters, because you need to be doing it frequently. And so what they're doing is they're getting training. They're going out and doing it. They're stepping up. A lot of people avoid the skill. And as I said earlier, you can't avoid it and and be effective. You really need this for career advancement. So I would definitely recommend that people read books, watch videos. By the way, I have about 109 YouTube videos. And if you go to youtube.com forward slash Diane Deresta, that's D-I-A-N-E, D-I-R-E-S-T-A, you'll see a lot of instructional videos, very short clips that will be helpful. So I have things that are for free like that. And then there's coaching and, and seminars and talks. But I would say one, here's one thing that people can do. Watch Ted talks. That, that's very instructional. Watch what the speakers are doing. You'll learn a lot. A big piece of effective speaking is storytelling. So if you can tell your story in a very short way, you're going to be effective. So when I say telling a story, I'm not talking about necessarily a motivational story that takes 15 minutes to tell. But instead of just giving facts, if you can, in your updates, say, you know, here, here's what we did, here's what happened, here, here's the result. That's a type of story, and people love stories. So if you, here's something that people can test right away. Try this experiment. When you're talking, do part of it with facts. Just tell the facts, and then switch over and start to tell a story. Then come back and give facts. 
and then tell another story and watch what happens in the audience. I guarantee you they will be engaged and they will come back every time you tell a story. So try to embed stories as much as you can, but keep them short and keep them crisp. Well, that's kind of like being able to connect emotionally with the audience. And and we've always heard how important that is to connect emotionally. Now, I'm concerned for our people with first vowel of an A, because people who have a first vowel of an A, they just like to cut to the chase and get to the point. And even when people say, hi, how are you? They're saying, ah, you're wasting my time in their head. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. get to the point. What do you need? So how would somebody that's that fact-driven and that focused um, go about connecting to their audience? Well, I do it, and I'm that type of personality, not 100%, but I like to get down to business and get to the point. But I also like to talk. So it can be learned. Here's what's really important. When I talk to people, I talk about the YAM formula. And what's YAM? Know yourself, know your audience, know your message, Y-A-M. I spend time on audience because that is the weakest part. People spend a lot of time on the message, but they don't spend enough time surveying and understanding and analyzing and profiling the audience. So if you want to be effective, you need to get out of your zone and communicate in different ways. And sometimes you have an analytic group if you're talking to scientists or lawyers. You've got to be more fact-based. Yes, you tell little short stories, but they want the facts and they want logic. There are other people like sales groups. They want, they like entertainment. They love lots of stories. They want a lot of interaction. They want fun. So you need to go where they need to be and you need to adjust your style. So the best speakers are flexible. If you tend to be rigid and say, this is me and this is the only way I work, then find that audience because you're not going to be effective unless you're talking to that specific kind of audience that's just like you. So I don't know if I answered the question, but it's about understanding how your audience likes to receive information and then it's changing your style to match that. So here's one thing that happens a lot in business. When people have to talk to senior management They have a lot of difficulty because they don't understand how they want information. And so they're used to talking to their peers or their immediate manager, and they get into a lot of detail that management doesn't care about. So it's what is it, what's it going to cost, and what's the return? They want you to get to the point, and they want you to give high-level information. So people need to be able to flex their styles and talk in a way that people can understand. It sounds fabulous. You have given us so much great information. Can't wait for the next segment. We need to take our last break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. After the break, we'll find out what Diane DeResta has in her name that assisted her that you might have in your name as well. Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time? Study coincidences with me, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on my Connecting with Coincidence radio show here on the XZBN network. Listen to Jungians theorize, statisticians randomize, true believers evangelize, while I categorize. I dance to the rhythm of coincidences. People who experience me see more of them. Maybe something on the show matches a thought in your mind. Let us know. Expand your mind to the weirdness happening around you. Synchronicity spoken here, there, and everywhere. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine and find my website, my social media sites, and my blog.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Diane DiResta, whose website is D-I-R-E-S-T-A dot com. That is her last name, DiResta dot com. She has taken her speaking skills to a level where she's able to captivate an audience. She assists others in being able to do the same. Diane, you were invited by the Alliance of American Russian Women to speak at an in Moscow and St. Petersburg during the Russian transition to a market economy. When mm-hmm. I was in Russia, I loved the architecture of both these cities mm-hmm. and the museums in St. Petersburg, I thought were just absolutely fabulous. How did you find both cities and were you able to add some sightseeing to your stay there? I was blown away by the architecture in both Moscow and St. Petersburg and St. Petersburg is a beautiful city. It was it was a life-changing event because, as you said, the market was changing, and I did a talk uh, on how to sell to the American market, and there were certain concepts that weren't prevalent at that time, and one of them was the idea of quality control and consistency in your uh, in your product. So I was explaining what was of value to the U.S., and one of the things 
that is true of the U.S. is that we are a power punch and pizzazz kind of culture. And when I've spoken to people in different cultures, and I've spoken on four continents, and I've worked with the Swiss here in helping them understand the U.S. mindset, I always tell them, if you learn nothing else, understand that the United States is a sales and marketing culture, and it's getting worse. I mean, that's what we're about, and and you need to be able to have that ability to sell your message. And so that was one of the messages that I I gave the women in Russia, but it was so life-changing, and I'm so grateful for that, that opportunity and that experience. Well, we're often invited through our news media to consider Russia our enemy. Um, I found the people incredibly friendly and nice while I was there. So how did you find your stay there? And were the the women receptive to your talk? Very receptive. And here's what I've learned over the, the years, Sharon. People are not their governments. So if we can separate government from people, you'll find that people are the same everywhere. I mean, everywhere, we all want the same things. We want our, our, the best for our families. We want to feel safe. We want to feel fulfilled. We want to be comfortable. We want to have good jobs. We all, you know, we want to have, be free. We all want the same things. So I'm a curious person, so I always ask people questions, and I'm, I like entering their world. I'm from a military family. I lived in Germany twice as a child. I went to eight different elementary schools. So I, that's where my love of foreign cultures comes, and it makes me very curious and interested. So I, when I'm traveling, I want to go native. I want to eat their food, and I want to go where they go. So I generally have a very good experience no matter where I go. I think I it's fabulous that you're receptive. able, you know, that you were able to do all of that because I've lived in Germany and in Japan and in China and, so and worked there. Yeah. And it just, it it gives you such a different perspective, especially when you come back and then there's things that you just say, oh, thank God I'm back in the United States. And other things you say, oh, I really miss this from over there, you know? Yeah. Um, So here's a, here's a thing to, to be aware of though, when, when you are speaking in different cultures, and this is for people here too, because we're multicultural now, you do need to change your style sometimes. So for example, when I was starting out, I wanted business at the UN. The person who was interviewing me was a woman from Germany. Now, although I tell people that you should use gestures and gestures are a good thing, in Germany, they don't use a lot of them. And so as I was gesturing, her eyes were looking at my hands. Pretty soon, I stopped gesturing because for her, it was a distraction and it made me less credible to her. So if you are in front of an audience that is primarily from a different culture, even though you're here in the U.S., you may want to change up the way that you are delivering your message. See, and I found that also the jewelry that could work in one place, you know, that a lot of places it's very minimal because jewelry was a distraction. Yes, and I always tell women, do not wear charm bracelets when you are speaking because they make noise. And you, do, you want to be professionally attractive, but not so riveting that people are focusing on what you're wearing. You were also you invited. You message. Yes. <laughs> you were mm-hmm. also invited to speak for the Women's Campaign International in Tanzania. Mm-hmm. And oh, curious yeah. how that came about. And if you were able to see the Serengeti National Animal Park while you were there, I'm asking. I because... was not. I was oh. Not. I missed it. But I was traveling alone. And, uh, you know, times are not safe the way they used to be. And so I decided just to go straight and do the business engagement. And the way that came about is I had been going into this class at Fell School of Government, uh, University of Penn, and they were looking for a media trainer. So I would come in and do a segment on media training for this government class. And the reason I did it is because I knew she would take an entourage at the end of a semester to one of the third world countries because the, the aim there was to help women run for office. The second year I did it, she said, we're going to Tanzania. If you'd like to do that, you can go. And so I media trained 100 women who headed up non-governmental organizations. Six months later, I came back and I worked with 10 widows 
who were going and train them in public speaking because they were going to go out into the wilderness, so to speak, where there was no radio or TV or media. And they were going to spread the word that there was a new law passed that allowed women to now inherit property when their husband died. So I, I, I felt like I was a part of history in the making, first with Russia, then in in 2003 in Tanzania. So I, I'm, I'm very grateful for those experiences. Did you, by any chance when you were there, get to interact with any of the Maasai people in Tanzania? No, I did not. But um, the people I did interact with were wonderful, and it was a, a great experience, just like any of my travels have been. Okay, we want to know about one more. Again, overseas, you trained the CEO and executive team of a top telecommunications company in Egypt. So we'd all like to know how opportunities come to you to speak overseas, as some of our listeners would love to do that. And are there any precautions that we ought to take versus when we're speaking in the United States? Yes. Well, this came about because I spoke at a MIRI national conference. MIRI is the National Investor Relations Institute and or international, I forgot what it stands for. So I spoke at this conference, I did not get paid for it. And there was someone in the audience who was the chief financial officer of this top telecommunications company. She took my card. Two years later, they were looking for someone to come in and train their executives. And she said, try this woman. And so I had this phone conversation, they I sent a proposal and they chose me. And it was a wonderful experience. Again, very, very exciting and, and, and informative, instructive. What I would caution people about, though, is, again, you have to be careful. I, was, I, I checked the State Department. They said it was okay to go, but I, I didn't stray. I stayed close to the, the, uh, the offices. I had one or two days off, and I hired a car and you know, a private tour, and I got to see the pyramids and, and the museums, but I, I didn't do anything beyond that. And the other thing that's important to know is I had, there were some cultural things. I, I needed a letter of credit to get over there. They were calling it something else. It ended up being the same thing, but we were going back and forth and it was, it was a hard thing to do. And I did not get my 50% up front as I had requested but I took the chance. I got on the plane anyway. And then four days later, while I was there, the, the money came through. So you need to do those upfront legalities and have good advice and advisors when you're doing contracts and those kinds of transactions. But it was a wonderful experience. And I would encourage anybody to do it. So one way to get business overseas, you can join an international rotary. They have meetings all over the world. So if you're a member of well, I'm in New York, so if you're a member of, let's say, New York, and you're going overseas, you can find out when that meeting is, and because you're a member of Rotary, you can go there, and you can volunteer to speak, and that's how you can make some connections. It, a lot of it is relationships. Right, because once they know you, then they, they feel better about hiring you than just a stranger that they've heard about. Yeah, so I, I would put that out there. If people want to do overseas speaking, you can also go to Chambers, there are a lot of chambers here in New York, but go to foreign chambers. Where do you want to speak? Do you want to speak in Brazil? Well, go to the Brazilian chamber, offer to give a talk, start to get to know people, build relationships, use LinkedIn, and ask people who you know have gone overseas and have spoken and find out, are there any other opportunities for other speakers? Sounds great. Thank you so much for being with us, Diane. Be prepared to be surprised and pleased when you experience Diane DeResta's work. Her website, again, is www.deresta.com. Diane's name indicates that she has chosen to learn her major lessons through relationships and to major in family relationship, whereas the good, the bad, and the ugly all comes from the family. And we always hope there's a lot more good than anything else. This is found in the first vowel of her first name being an I. If your first vowel of your first name is an I, you too have chosen to learn a lot from your family relationships. Do you know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, host of the radio show Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which can be heard every weekday at various hours right here on xzbn.net radio, an Zone radio station, and on knowthename.com. 
Tune in to hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in themselves and what they were able to accomplish. In every upcoming show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. If you wish to know how to read a person's name or more about your own name and how you can discover your innate genius, go to the website, knowthename.com, and give yourself the gift of a session to find out what your name says about you and how knowing what your name says can help you to live to your best and highest. This is Sharon Lynn Wyeth, signing off. Oh, 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 oh,